0: It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Sponsored by TaylorMade and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Good afternoon. It's time for Springdale Golf Live. We're on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey.
1: There's a fire starting in my heart Reaching a fever pitch and it's bringing
0: me... I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Today we have The Ultimate Pro Show. I may be from home, but my pulse for telling pop culture golf stories is strong. Can you feel it?
1: See how I'll leave with every piece of you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There's a fire starting in my heart. Reaching a fever pitch and it's bringing me out the dark.
0: Of course, we're being brought to you today by TaylorMade Golf, the number one social media storyteller, New Jersey Golf Foundation, the greatest supporters and growers of the game in New Jersey, Summit Golf Brands, Golf's first Goodwill Champions, and F.H. Wadsworth. It's Friday afternoon, enjoy it folks, let's go. Well, I tell you, that opening has me fired up to get started today. We are joined today by PGA master professional, Susie Whaley. She's the president of the PGA of America and certainly one of the most perfectly positive leaders in all of sports. Well, as a PGA member and a fan, I'm honored to have her on the show today. We're going to talk, you know, a little bit about that golf emergency relief fund, course openings across the country, golf coaching and playing, as well as her perspective on maybe the next couple of months. Susie, welcome to Springdale Golf Live. How are you doing today?
1: Keith, that's great to be here. I'm doing great.
0: Well, I tell you, you know, I I imagine you've been just a little busy the last couple of weeks. So, um, you know, I it, it's it's all just unbelievable. It's all kind of surreal, and I know you probably feel the same way. But let's get right into it. How impressed have you been by the resolve of our members? i mean, I've heard so many good member stories from across the country, but you know, like. I have such a small network compared to who you're hearing from at National, right? Do you have a couple of good positive stories of of members out, PGA members out there doing good?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just inspiring. And I'm super biased, obviously, because I'm a member, I'm married to a member. So keep that in mind. But we're a four, we give back $4 billion to charity a year at events at our facilities that typically PGA professionals are a part of. And It's what we do. It's who we are. We're passionate about the game. We're passionate about others and giving back to our communities. And, you know, through this horrible crisis and most challenging times, I think that many of us have ever lived through, um, we have these great inspirational stories uh, from PGA professionals from all over the country and around the world. You know, you watch Instagram live and, and people are giving away their content for free, their coaches, uh, that, that comes to mind first and foremost. We have people raising money for charity, biking across the country. Um, we have the Illinois section raising money, rain suits for firefighters, right? Uh, they figured out that for first responders, rain suits are actually protective gear. That they can wear backwards, uh, so they're collecting rain suits across the country to give to first responders in South Florida. And my section here, um, they're they're uh, creating events where we're giving donations from country clubs, food donations, dinners, etc., to hospitals all over South Florida uh, from the country clubs that are currently closed, but but still have the opportunity to keep some people on staff to make food. So it's just you know, local communities are, are where PGA professionals do the best work. Uh, where they're striving to be a part of that community in an amazing way. And even through crisis, we have professionals who have lost their jobs who are contributing back to their community. And man, that just, it keeps you going every day. It makes you want to do more for our PGA professionals. It, it makes you proud to be one. It makes you really proud to wear the logo.
0: There's no doubt about that. And it's inspiring to hear all these stories. And, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week, too. I saw that number and it has to do with my next question for you. But that four billion dollars annually given to charity just from our small world of golf. And it's, it's really not that big a world. So that's an impressive stat. But last week, the story broke the Golf Emergency Relief Fund. It was started by PGA leadership. How did phase one go?
1: Yeah, for us, you know, in the boardroom, our execs, you know, we every day challenge ourselves to how can we help our members in this time? And, and even before COVID, obviously, but even more important now that we have members who are frightened, who have anxiety, who have lost jobs, have been furloughed, and, and are in need of help from us. And our, our tax status doesn't allow the PGA of America to directly donate to a person that's a member. Um, that's the reason why we have sections. We give resources and opportunities through our championships um, to have them deliver that on the local level, but not necessarily to uh, one person uh, that's a member of our association. So we we really struggled trying to figure out how, how can we get these tangible benefits to our members directly. And we started the emergency golf relief fund. Um, we would actually started it in 2017 for Hurricane Katrina. Um, The association put hundreds of thousands of dollars in at that time to help uh, with Hurricane Katrina because we knew how many golf courses and facilities needed it and how many PGA professionals uh, needed it beyond what the government could do. We're so grateful for the government package that they put out now uh, that many of our PGA professionals have been able to utilize based on their status at work, independent contractors, or um, whether they've been laid off. Uh, But we know we needed to do more. And so we thought about the emergency relief fund and, and could we turn this into a golf emergency relief fund for COVID? Um, when we found out that we could do that, it took us a couple of weeks time to get approvals to do that, then we knew we needed to fund it. We had just gone through our budget process at headquarters, scrapped that, uh, figured out some savings from the budget, some compensation from our executives, our board of directors contributed to the relief fund. Uh, we took some of our relief uh, reserve fund for the relief fund And it started with $5 million uh, as a part of that fund to lead and give back to the industry. So not only for our PGA professionals who work every day in the game, growing the game, and and serving people who love the game, but also for golf course superintendents for the NGCOA, which is the National Golf Course Owners Association, for Symmetra Tour players, for uh, PGA Tour mini-tour players, uh, for caddies, for people who desperately needed the help uh, who really make our industry tick, who make our industry thrive. And we wanted to be sure we could help as many as possible get to the other side of COVID. Um, and we're still trying to raise money to do that. As you mentioned, you know, we're a part of raising $4 billion for charity year. And, and now we need the public's help. We need people who love the game uh, to step up and help the people who love to give them the game at their facilities around the country. It's a brutal time to ask people for money. But I can tell you if people have the opportunity um, and the means, uh, this is a place, uh, if you love the game and you love golf uh, and you want to get back to it with an experience you cherish, with the people you cherish, um, we're asking for people to donate because we're going into phase two. Phase one, as anticipated, was we were overwhelmed by the response of need, um, which makes you glad you did it, but also makes you inherently fearful of how many people truly need more money. Uh, so we're in the process. We have a two point five million dollar matching uh, process in place for those who donate. Uh, the PG of America is going to donate another two point five million match to that. And we need to raise more than that uh, after seeing the need in phase one. So um, phase one, I, I want to say went well, but I can tell you we need we have a lot of work to do. We need to raise more money.
0: Okay, so outside of just the the pure funding of it all, going into Phase 2, was there anything you learned in Phase 1? Because I know it was a quick process, the amount of people, I mean, how many applications did you get?
1: Thousands. We got thousands of applications in a 24-hour time period. Uh, That application process closed yesterday at 4 p.m. for Phase 1, but that doesn't mean people who didn't apply in Phase 1 aren't eligible for Phase 2 and people who get grants from phase 1 are also eligible for more money in phase 2. Uh, so, you know, we want people to apply if they need it. That's what it's for. Uh we're reaching out to the allied associations obviously to uh have them help us contribute. We've reached out to uh tour players to see if they're willing uh the t- you mentioned the Tiger Phil match, some of that goes to COVID relief, uh, some of that hopefully will come to the emergency golf relief fund. Um so, you know, we're 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 asking and, and we're hopefully going to raise a lot more money for the people who need it.
0: And the response has been positive from the USGA, PGA Tour, you know, these other allied groups.
1: The response has been positive, and you know, I think golf golf is really this amazing group uh, that's come together in a time of crisis and a time of challenge. We have to work together to get everybody to the other side of this, and, and everybody involved in the game. We, we want to do that. Um, so yes, it has been positive, and uh, but we're not going to stop asking. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I don't think that you should. <laughs> and you know what, speaking of positive folks, if you're just joining us right now, we are with Susie Whaley. She is the president of the PGA of America. She is a master PGA professional and she's the director of instruction down at the Country Club of Mirasol down in Palm Beach, Florida. As I just stated right there, you are a director of instruction. You know, you're a world-class instructor. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Golf Magazine, top 100. Golf Digest, top 50. Connecticut Teacher of the Year a couple of times for the PGA section. How have you, I mean, you love to teach. That's obvious. How have you been keeping in touch with your students? I mean, I know that a a big part of my listening audience are PGA professionals and they are teachers and coaches. Can you share with them how you've been keeping in touch with your students? Because we love people and we love helping people, but we're kind of like, you know, we're, we're challenged in order to do that right now. What have you been doing?
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, so Florida is open for golf, but South Florida down is not open for golf. Uh, so the governor has, has declared us that we, we could be open, uh, but our county has not. So we've been closed almost four weeks. And, you know, that's been really hard. I just am fortunate at the Country Club at Mirasol. They they have us working. Uh, so we patrol the golf course. And I'm grateful to have the opportunity to be working, but certainly not teaching um, so what I've done and, and what I utilized in the past when I was based in Connecticut is a program called Coach Now. I love it. it. It allows me to interact with my students every day if I so choose to in an individual space or in a group space. So I have all of my students loaded, about 340 of them from the country club loaded into my Coach Now. Um, I send them little drills and tips. I have a little book corner um, that I do every week where I share my favorite golf reads, right? Um, so it's not any rocket science for me. It's just staying in connection with them. Um, they can write me back uh, little things on there. And um, if they want to send me a video, they can do that in an individual training space. And and I've just found great joy out of it, to be honest with you, because it keeps me feeling like I'm engaged with them. And when we come back, we won't have missed a beat. Um, but I also use a company called Retail Tribe uh, that I absolutely love that helps me outreach to my clientele, uh, little things on club fitting or or um, welcoming them back or what we're gonna do when you get back or programming that I have ready to go for when they come back. I think it has to be right now for, for anybody in the business, it, it it's gonna mean more than ever to offer value um, as we come out of this on the other side. Uh, people are struggling and we need to understand that but also offer them this great opportunity to get back outside um, with somebody that cares about them, with a partner uh, that's going to help them reach a goal or help their children reach a goal, um, but that we're going to do together, and we're going to do it in a way that that experience is something that they really value. And so all my outreach right now has to do with them. It's not uh, about me or a particular uh, technique or coaching. It's just, you know, how are you doing? And I just want to share this great little drill with you today while you're watching your favorite Netflix movie with your child. Um, I think you'll have fun together. Let's do it for 10 minutes and uh, let me know how it goes. Um, so so the more I feel like they feel like I'm in this with them and they're not alone, um, but that I'm not too far away either, because I hope you sure come back to my lesson tea. Uh, it makes, I get great joy out of it. So uh, for me, it's been fun. And I think for them, it's been valuable. And I do it for free.
0: Well, I think value is really the key there. I, I and- no other time in golf has there ever been an opportunity for us to really express our value as there is right now. And you see it all over the internet, the, the amount of instruction that is out mm-hmm. there that is, is being touted by all of um, our fellow men and women of the PGA of America. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're just so creative and there's just so many great, um, websites out there and Instagram accounts. And there's just so many that like the, the value in that alone for everyone, it's like, It's like the PGA could start their own golf channel, you know? Well, we
1: are doing that actually. (laughs) Not the golf channel, but we are going to have our own coaching channel. It was supposed to start uh, at Harding Park uh, in May. Obviously, because of COVID, we've postponed that. But we have so many amazing coaches that that's something I'm really looking forward to when we get that kicked off and and going. And, you know, a lot of times I think uh, all that content can be a little overwhelming for consumers and that's why I think it's so important that coaches remember they really just need to be super strong in their market. Right. If you can 70, 50, 100 people who who are loyal to you, who feel like they have this amazing partnership with you, um, you will you will do amazing things, not only for them, but for you and, and for your business. Right. Um, I do this now for free. We're in a horrible time in COVID um, you know, but you could also be charging for online lessons right now and that, that's okay too. I just think people need to realize that you don't necessarily need a hundred thousand followers. Um, a local PJ professional, um, means so much to that person standing in front of them in their own community that sometimes that's even better.
0: Well, i tell you what, uh, a little spoiler alert there, folks. Um, the uh, PGA Coaching Channel, uh, well, you've definitely piqued my interest. Susie, do me a favor. I need you to hang on for just a couple of minutes. We need sure. to go to break. It's 3.15 p.m. here in New York City. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920 in the Jersey. will be back in a moment with more from Susie Whaley. Foundation. The charitable arm of the NJPA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org rich and distinguished history for nearly 125 years springdale golf club and its members have been beautifully making their mark as the best golf and social experience in our region our impact in the industry does not stop there did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon purvey the private club operating division of Troon golf management springdale's walkable and superbly conditioned william flynn design course now combined with true operational expertise are taking the club to the next level in our commitments to the member experience just announced as a significant Expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard Service Initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments being made at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey once again. Keith Stewart Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live I'm your host Keith Stewart You know me as The director of fun You're listening to Fox Sports 920 The Jersey You know folks Let's be responsible Stay home So we can stay healthy And get closer to Playing some golf How about a little Jerry and the boys Let her rip We're back with one of golf's great leaders, Susie Whaley, a true five-tool PGA professional. She can teach, manage, empower, relate, and you better believe she can play kind of like these guys. A special song for a special guest today. Let her play some more. Susie, so great to have you here for a couple more minutes on Springdale Golf Live. So we've talked in the first half about a couple of different things, golf emergency relief fund, how you keep in touch with your students. I've always been really impressed with your leadership acumen and during this crisis, I mean, you have really stepped up. Don't get me wrong, Seth, Jeff, everyone, Daryl, ev- everyone's stepping up in PGA leadership, but this is this is a lot going on right now. This is a challenge, right? I, I would love for you to pass along some of your leadership advice to our leaders in golf that would be listening, right? So what advice do you have for the rest of our PGA men and women that are out there that need to lead their members or their golfers?
1: Yeah, I mean, we all lead, right, as PGA professionals, whether it's at a range or your golf course or even in your home, <laughs> right? And And I think, you know, for me, anyway, I can just share what my leadership style is. Um, you know, for me, it's always about being authentic. It's always about showing empathy. And this is the time to do that, obviously, uh, with so many challenges and so many people facing the unknown and the anxiety that that's in front of us. I think we have to be strong in those moments as leaders. And we have to also, though, understand where people are sitting in those moments that they're sitting and Oftentimes, people will come across extremely frustrated or, or angry. And that's not necessarily at you as a leader. It's just at the situation. And I think you have to listen really hard. Uh, I think you have to be able to take critical feedback, but you also have to get to the underlying message that people are saying to you without jumping to a conclusion. Um, and so I think as a leader, you just really have to be kind and you have to understand that you need to take some risk. Uh, you need to make decisions, and it's hard in today's environment to make strong decisions, but you have to make them. And you have to realize sometimes not everybody's going to like that decision, um, but you have to do what's best for the membership and for the brand and the organization, um, oftentimes knowing it's not going to please everybody. Um, so I say be brave enough to be talked about. Uh, Be brave enough to take a stand, uh, having really supported that stand, and make sure that you've talked to your constituents uh, before you take that stand, Um, but then make one and um, ensure that you're also paying very close attention uh, to what your constituents are actually saying, which sometimes is underlying um, what they are behaving like, um, if that makes sense at all. (laughs)
0: No, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And you know, I say this all the time to my staff. And to if, if I give a presentation somewhere, I said, you have to start to use words with feeling words that bring about emotions. And, and you hit a bunch of them there. You talk about patience, kindness, empathy, listening, caring, um, love, bravery. I mean, th- those are the words that they kind of get a weird feeling in their stomach when they use them. But now is the perfect time for leaders to pull those words out and to use them to help other people. So I I love that answer. And and that's why I asked the question, because I I knew that you would be able to, you know, succinctly tell me exactly what we can pass along as great advice to the men and women that are leading their little regional facilities and and help them out. Because, you know, we all do need a little bit of help right now.
1: Yeah, I think too, you know, the, the main thing that you have to do I think in a crisis, this is my perspective, is you have to over-communicate. You can't possibly communicate enough. Um, and even if people have heard it once, twice, three times, um, just over-communicate, keep people close to you, keep people understanding what's happening, keep people aware, keep people educated, um, because then you can come together and and raise all boats. But when people don't know what's happening, um, that's when those underlying currents can can upend some really good things. And I think that the more you can communicate, the better.
0: I you know, that's such a valuable point. And you know the message isn't always perfect. But one thing I can tell you is that at the club there at Springdale, I've been following your lead. So weekly folks, PGA leadership has been giving us a weekly video report of Basically how the world of golf is going. And it's been for, you know, all of us men and women in the PGA of America. And I look forward to those and I kind of followed that template and I went to the club and I said, Hey, we need to communicate at least once a week either by video or by audio by in, in some way shape or form we need to touch people and we need to reach out to them and just let them know what's going on so i'm glad you brought that up cuz that that was in my notes too i wanted to say hey thanks for doing that you know um today's friday i haven't seen it yet but uh, you know i look forward to watching your message today seeing what new and interesting interesting things come up so speaking of interesting things uh, <laughs> i want to pick your i want to pick your brain for a second here we're going to okay. shift gears all right Great. As a director of fun, I I like to ask fun questions, and it's not necessarily the time and place for rapid fire (laughs) Q&A. I'm so so,
1: bad at rapid fire, okay. (laughs) uh,
0: You did a tremendous job back in January. You were great, all right? Okay. But I do have a question for you, because you are a tremendous golfer. You're a tremendous player. I touched upon it in the opening here of the second segment. And, folks, um, if you're wondering, we're talking to Susie Whaley here. And Susie once played in the PGA Tour event, the Greater Hartford Open, back in 2003. And, I mean, and that's just, you know, the ultimate example of what a great player you are. But you mentioned it. Your golf course is closed. The golf courses in New Jersey, and New York, you know, it, my area have been closed for a while. We haven't played golf in a while. You and I love the game. So since you haven't played lately or even at all, what yeah. do you miss most about golf?
1: Know, the friends I play with.
0: What do you miss most about the golf course? My driver. Your, your driver. <laughs> All right, well, you know we got a little uh uh peek into the uh competitive tournament <laughs> player brain of Susie Whaley. She likes to hit the driver all right Correct. it i mean this is the longest stretch for so many people that they haven't played um and and I've seen enough um I mean, I've seen some of these setups at home that PGA professionals are using, and, and I, I, like, I, I wonder about the safety of them all. But And, and, I, and I know you're probably laughing as you're, as you're <laughs> listening to me go through this because you've seen them, too, and you just kind of like – I
1: feel like I might have one.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was just very curious to ask you that question because, I mean, this has got to be one of the longest pauses in your life that you haven't played golf.
1: I know. My back deck, I hit into my pool float every night with my <laughs> pitching wedge <laughs> and I've worn out the bottom of, of an old pitching wedge. My husband's like, okay, really, could you put a mat down? Both my daughters play golf. They're here with us right now. And one's trying to play the Symmetry tour. And um, it's just this, it's, here's the good news. We cannot wait to get back to it so that, you know, that gratefulness of the game has come back and, you know, overwhelming way i've always loved to play but now i'm like ready to play
0: you took the bait with that question because you know i i wanted to set you up for this question here so you know Mm -hmm. obviously you being an avid golfer you know as the first woman of golf as one of our you know leaders who is out there on the forefront i have this i have this personal theory that golf because it's going to be one of the first parts of the rollout is going to get a lot of attention it is going to be on the forefront of so many people. And in, in in theory, most golfers, especially if they're a higher handicap, they already practice social distancing. They never hit it near anyone. Right. Not right. There. So, I mean, we're, we're always all spread out. What do you think about that? When I say to you, like, I mean, how can we come together? How can we unite? How can the twenty nine thousand men and women come together and unite to get prepared for? I mean, this this complete. Onslaught, this wave of momentum that's going to come back to us. I, I get so fired up about this, thinking yeah. about it, because I, I really think a lot of people are going to get into golf. And the first thing that is going to be there, I mean, we know the PGA Tour in June, you know, PGA Championship in August. Mm-hmm. These are the first sports people are going to see, and and we're going to have all this attention on us, right? Yeah. How can we unite, come together, inspire me? You know, before we close for today, inspire me. Yeah. How can we all come together and just totally, totally taking take over the sporting world with the greatest game that there is?
1: Well, we're doing it right now. I mean, we are, while I'm, you know, I don't mean to put any disrespect on those that are suffering from COVID. And I mean, this horrible, horrible disease. um, We think about them as well. But we also have to think about how we are going to do this and how we are going to come out on the other side and how we're going to have everybody with us and how we can encourage so many people who are so ready uh, to be outside in a beautiful atmosphere, whether they've ever played the game or not, we wanna welcome them uh, to the game of golf. So we're developing right now, it's called Back to Golf. We're doing a whole PR campaign for when it's safe to return. We're certainly not going to do that uh, before the time is right. Um, but we want all of our PGA professionals to be ready. We want to make sure they have the tools necessary, the resources necessary to reach out to their local communities and invite them to be a part of everything we love and cherish about the game. And and I, I for one, I know you will. Our PGA professionals uh, really are so good at it um, and I feel like I could speak for them because I know so many of them. Um, but this is right in their wheelhouse. And we want to welcome anybody that's listening to our golf courses. We want them to be a part of the game. Whether you've never picked up a club, whether you used to play and want to come back, whether you want your family to have this amazing activity for a lifetime, we are the sport for you. And we are ready and we want you to come find us. So pga.com will be rolling out with who's open, who's not open. Um, we, we're going to be ready and I can't wait.
0: Well, you know what? I can't wait either. And you mentioned something in there, you know, you said you don't want to speak for other PGA professionals, but you know, you wanted to throw that out there. Susie Whaley, you could speak for me anytime. <laughs> you, do, you do an awesome job leading us. I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, I know you're really, really busy. You guys are handling this challenge with, with, You know, just tremendous grace. And I can't thank you enough for everyone and for all the hard work of PGA National and all the leadership down there. I really appreciate it. I I, I wish you, Bill, Jen, Kelly, everyone a great health. Um, You you know, stay sane down there. I'll get that golf course open. I'll get mine open soon, too. And uh, I'll talk to you soon.
1: Stay safe. Stay strong. Relief.golf to donate if you can.
0: Well, Wade, what an amazing treat there today. We had the president of the PGA of America, Miss Susie Whaley. And... Just a lot of great insights from her, and it's uh, very refreshing to hear her voice. She's so positive, such a great leader, a uh, great communicator, and uh, can't thank her enough for all that she does for my association. And can't thank all of you enough, especially my listeners. But certainly you on the board there, Mr. Weezer, my Springdale Board of Governors, Troon Golf, uh, really new cool thing that they did this week. They have a new website, troon.com, so check that out. And there's another thing to check out. Tomorrow, Saturday, is our first online junior golf classes, which I think is going to be really cool with Nick and Jason. I know they got about half a dozen kids signed up and probably more to come once they have their first class. And they do something really kind of proactive. So putting the pro and proactive there, which gives me tremendous pride for my staff. But you know what else gives me tremendous pride? Having this show and being with all of you. So you know what I'm doing. I'm staying home, and I hope you do as well. But always remember, our tower has stood tall for 125 years and will for 125 more. So from Princeton to Palm Beach and, of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale Day. This has been Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the team next Friday afternoon at 3.